Hey, Survivor. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I am talking with an amazing guest. So Dr. Amanda Zine is a concussion survivor as well as a retired Army flight surgeon. Dr. Zine had deep knowledge of TBI and concussion after working in military populations. However, as she states, she was stubborn and thought that she could push through. She was in charge and had a huge role and felt that she knew what she needed to do to recover. She gives us top recommendations on headaches, which I really would love for you to hear. So certainly listen up for that. Also, she talks a little bit about her journey in army retirement and what that's meant to her. She's an energetic and really fun guest. She's written a book called Hot Mess to Wellness, which documents her journey back to health after a concussion. If you like this podcast, could you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Also, you can rate us on Spotify if that's where you're listening to us from. As always, share this with a friend. That's how the podcast grows. That's how we reach more people. Real quick, before we start the episode, I wanted to let you know that I am accepting folks into my practice for couples work, for individual work, and as well as my concussion program that incorporates customized support and group programming for folks after concussion, I'd love to have you join me in the new year. So check me out at www.tbitherapist.com. Let's get to the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the TBI Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Blanchett, where we explore the heart of brain injury. Hi, Dr. Zine. Welcome to the TBI Therapist Podcast. It's so great to have you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So I'm going to kick it off and ask you, what is the story of your brain injury? (laughs) Um, So a little background first. Um, I am a pediatrician. Uh, Always wanted to be a doctor. Uh, Grew up in a small town. And kind of a precursor to my brain injury was a bad car accident when I was 16. Uh, Life flighted to the hospital. Um, Two chest tubes. Pretty bad. Head injury that was completely overlooked because of all of my other injuries and never really given much thought until I tried to get into the army and uh, had to have multiple letters even to get in. And then when I went to be on flight status, I had to have a waiver and see a neuropsych and have testing and MRIs and whatnot um, just to be able to be a flight surgeon and uh, work in the helicopters. So, um, so that unfortunately, I think set me up for the issues that I'm having now, um, post, uh, TBI, uh, three years ago. Um, so my, my current injury, uh, so it was December 26th, uh, 2019 and I went ice skating with my family. So no, uh, cool, uh, army uh, stories. I so common though. Fell, right, right, right. Well, especially when you've never worn hockey skates and you have only ever worn figure skates and didn't realize they were different. 
Mm. and just take off like you're skating normally. And my first lap around, I fell three times. And the first time I just fell on my knee, no big deal. Um, the second time, I don't remember even falling because I immediately fell third time. Uh, and per my husband who witnessed it all, I hit my head pretty hard the second time. I fell backwards and, oh. and hit my head um, on the ice. And then got up and immediately fell a second time, again, falling back and hitting my head uh, so hard that my glasses flew off my face. But I was so disoriented, I didn't even realize it until someone put them in my hand. And I was like, oh, being a doctor, I refused to go to the ER um, because <laughs> we're the worst patients. My husband is also a doctor. Okay. Uh, he's he's also in the military, uh, pediatrician. Um, he tried to get me to go, but I wouldn't. So he just watched me closely. Um, apparently I was very out of it. And the next day the kids were laughing and joking about all the funny things I did. Um, which clearly I had a head injury. Um, but, uh, our kids live with our exes, uh, we're both second marriages. Um, and it was holiday time. All the kids were here and my husband was deploying in five days. So I didn't want to go spend the night in the ER because I already knew that they were just going to tell me you're fine, brain rest you know, take meds, you'll be fine. And honestly, I thought no big deal. I've fallen. I've hit my head before. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, not realizing how bad this head injury actually was. Don't do what I did. Um, if you fall, uh, go get, go get checked out. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things, um, that, that I did wrong. I also returned to work and tried to continue working, um, luckily I had a resident that was doing all of the major work. So I didn't even notice other than I was self-medicating with, um, Excedrin migraine for a constant headache, uh, for a good week until finally I made a doctor's appointment because my husband was nagging me from Iraq at this point. Um, and I went to see the doc. I ended up, uh, once I stopped taking the Excedrin migraine, once I actually um, got up and started walking around and, and trying to do things for myself, realized how bad I was. Um, so, uh, so I stopped working partially because my boss told me I had to, but I was the chief of pediatrics at the time. And, and I, didn't, I didn't want my work to fall on others, which again, goes to the, the type A personality. And so I, I ended up uh, seeing a neurologist who explained to me that likely within a month, I'd be back to normal. Most people are. A month comes. At this point, I'm no longer driving because the dizziness had set in and I was unstable on just level ground. I was having migraines daily. I basically sat in a dark room alone at the house. Then the depression came and, and on and on and on. So um, I luckily had uh, my husband's family is local. So I luckily had his family to take care of me while he was gone. And uh, I spent a lot of time at his sister's house babysitting me um, because she would, she would realize that I wasn't doing well just by a text or even talking to me and and she works from home she's a, a 
a nurse who does coding from home, home health coding from home. So I just go and basically sleep on her futon because all I did was sleep. I, I slept most of the day and all night. It, it was, I was exhausted and constantly having a headache. So, oh gosh, uh, three months comes because once one month came along, they said, oh, you'll be better. 90 some percent of people are better at three months and three months comes along and my boss said, okay, it's, it's time to send you to, at that time, it was the warrior transition unit, uh, warrior transition battalion. Um, so I went to the WTB where basically soldiers go so that they can be pulled off the books of their current unit and someone can come in who can actually do the work. And then their sole job is to get better. And you have a case manager. And at that point I was being seen in the, the TBI clinic. And so I was seeing OT and PT and uh, there was art therapy. And I had um, my primary care manager there. I was seeing a neurologist. I was seeing a neuro, a neuro optometrist. Um, so I had just everything. And Sounds like a great team. It is. It really was nice um, to be able to just kind of do it all in one place. And then they had disciplinary, multidisciplinary meetings where they would all discuss and you had, you know, a a case manager there as well as your case manager at the WTB. And the neuro optometrist is probably who helped me the most with my balance. She, she did a lot of therapy with me, um, with my glasses and the prism of my glasses and recentering my balance. Um, and now I'm much better. I still have my days, especially if, if I feel like the ground underneath me is moving or I take a step and I wasn't realizing, um, I, I will, um, have issues. So sorry, we just had a couple of technical difficulties there. But oh, okay. <laughs> maybe just start back with, uh, you know, talking about, I think from prisms and then you're setting, you're pretty much like doing better now. And okay. Okay. Um, that kind of, yeah. So I'm pretty much, uh, better now, as far as the balance goes, I will occasionally have an issue if I step off of something and it's a further drop or a smaller drop and I get, I get very dizzy. I cannot spin in a circle. I tried to show my husband a new dress one day. That did not go well. And so there are still some issues that I have, but I am, I am nowhere near what I was. Um, I, and, and so I definitely, injury? it was three and a half years ago, 19. So 20, no, two and a half years. Wait a minute. No, it was December. It actually was 18. It was December 26, 2018. I think I said 2019, but it's actually 2018 because my husband was deployed in 19. See, memory has been a little bit of an issue. <laughs> We're just going to normalize that. The memory, the word finding. I mean, all, I think the yes. jumbly stuff, I'm I'm used yes. to my folks yes. talking about that. And yes, so that's, Absolutely. that's normal for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So my main issues are migraine at this point, uh, migraine and exhaustion. I just, it does not take much and overheating. It does not take much for me to just 
get incredibly exhausted. And the reason the military finally medically retired me is um, after three years. Uh, my last day in the military was last month, uh, July 23rd. Um, so I am officially medically retired and now navigating those waters. But I, I could see about four patients over the span of a morning, which I should see like eight or 10 patients. And then I'd have to come home and take a nap. I'd just be so exhausted and likely end up having a migraine the next day. I just, I, I would have exhaustion and it happens with everything. If I'm outside trying to help my husband with yard work, I have to come in and just lay on the couch under the ceiling fan. I get overheated and vacation. It takes me three days to recover after a four day vacation. So, so right now I'm, I'm not practicing. I, I can, I have all of the knowledge, um, but I just, I can't, I can't keep up with what's expected, both military and civilian wise. So, yeah, I'd love to go back and talk about you, you and your husband are both doctors. Yes. And you both had a hard time figuring this out, like had a hard time seeing Mm -hmm. like I needed help sooner. And I think that's kind of some, that's both empowering in a way that, you know, everybody needs to learn more. So it's empowering in that way that we all need to continue to educate ourselves on this issue. At the same time, it's also like really scary in a way that, you know, someone like myself who before my training in neuro rehab, I didn't have any knowledge of TBIs really. And it sounds like either like you were too far in it or it was hard for you to recognize what you needed. I was stubborn, I think was the biggest thing. Uh, And being in the military, we have even more training and knowledge about TBI than a general pediatrician would have on the outside. Because as a pediatrician, I've deployed twice and taken care of soldiers. Uh, my husband's deployed twice, uh, and he's actually taken care of more soldiers than I have because he's switched back and forth between the hospital and being the brigade surgeon, which is basically the doctor for the brigade of, of um, one of the line uh, infantry brigades. So uh, we have a lot of training, and it's easy to see in someone else. And he saw it in me, but I was stubborn and said, no, this is no big deal. I know what they're going to tell me. It's no big deal. Uh, but when I got to the doctor that, um, that following week, uh, the doc said, okay, well, we're going to send you to CT. And I said, oh no, I can't have a CT. I'm on duty. He said, you better find somebody to replace you because you're going to have a CT right now. And then he wanted me to brain rest. And I said, oh, no, I can't brain rest. I have to work Sunday. <laughs> he, he said, no, <laughs> you're not working Sunday. And I, but I didn't want my, I was the chief of pediatrics. I didn't want my uh, fellow, my colleagues to have to cover for me. It was, you know, right at the beginning of the new year and I had already had someone cover for me because my husband's deployment date had changed because that's a constant changing thing. Um, So I was like, no, I have to cover for this person. It was just me trying to do too much, which 
is pretty common in the profession. It, yeah, it, it's, it's just how we are. Um, one thing this, this injury did teach me though, was that I need to look more at caring for myself and, uh, self-care and less at being a people pleaser and doing everything for everyone else. I was constantly, I'm the mother hen. I take care of everyone around me and I needed to take care of myself. My plan for this deployment of my husband's, I'm the chief. I'm going to just work my way through it. I'm going to be at work all the time. And looking back, I would have been so burnt out had that happened. Is this injury a blessing in disguise? Well, in that way, yes. But in so many other ways, no. Um, just right. because because here we are, you know, three and a half years later. And and I, I'm still having a handful of migraines a month. Sometimes it takes me two days to finally get through them. Every time there's a storm, I'm having either a headache or a migraine. I'm very, very, very sensitive to the atmospheric pressure. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious a little bit about that tension between, and I think that there's a lot of dualities in TBI recovery from, from just talking with people over the top past 10 years I've worked with about this tension of, the the gift of a TBI sometimes is that pacing. It's the acknowledgement that I can't push through anymore. So what does that mean for me? Self-care right. is a necessity. I cannot delay it. I cannot put it off because my brain shuts down on me. So that's that that's that that blessing or that gift that the TBI can give. Of course, there's also on the other side, the duality of <laughs> right. the tragedy and the grief and the turmoil Absolutely. and the trauma that it's caused. But the, I think both things can coexist. It's just mm -hmm. knowing that like this thing has been one of the hardest things. I mean, most people tell me it's been the hardest or one of the hardest things in their life. At the same time, it's also something they have derived a lot of um, growth from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, well, and, and interestingly enough, I had changed and gone through all of this for the nine months without my husband. So when he came home, he, as, as many people I'm sure also talk with you about, everyone looks at you and thinks you're okay. Yeah. You are fine. Uh, people I worked with thought I was faking it because they, oh. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, that, that, um, I get, because I, I, they, I just get worked up for my clients in there. I'm just like, it's, why? It is. And it's frustrating. <laughs> it's like, gosh, it would have been easier if I would have broken my leg because mm -hmm. then people would have seen me having to heal. Um, but when you have this, I mean, I, like I said, my main issue is the migraines, the balance. Um, but I also have the word finding issues. I also have ADHD symptoms now. They treated me for ADHD, but it didn't work. And I know for a fact, I didn't have ADHD prior to this because I had to have the neuropsych testing for the military prior to this. And it was all normal. Well, I don't know if it was 100% normal, yeah, but, but you have a baseline. It was, so you can, yeah, you a I can after, and you mm -hmm, can see mm -hmm, that like, absolutely. most likely this was due to your TBI. Right. 100%. Right. 
And so we, we tried treating it in different ways. And unfortunately I can't take a medication that makes it better because there is no medication that makes it better because it's not true ADHD. And it drives my husband crazy. There are days when he says, I'm going to go outside. I need you to stay in the house (laughs) because I'm driving him nuts. I'm all over the place. I'm getting better. I have some coping mechanisms now, but I would leave lights on and doors open and, and, um, cabinet doors open. And he'd come home and be like, what in the world? It looks like a tornado went through this house. And I have done, have done multiple different things throughout the day. And there's dishes soaking in the sink and, he's like, and I'm in another room and he's like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm just doing this. He's like, what's going on in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that in and of itself is a problem. But then when I have a migraine, part of the aura of my migraine is also that I feel horrible and I'm just foggy. And the best way to explain it is like the Claritin Clear commercial. I mean, if if you've never felt this way, it, it's very hard to explain it to people. But uh, when my husband first came home, he was having a hard time understanding why I wasn't working because I looked fine until he was home with me during my first migraine since he had gotten home. And he was in the kitchen trying to fix something for dinner. And I was in his way. Apparently, he literally grabbed me by the shoulders and said, okay, let's take you in the living room and sit you on the couch. Stay here. You're worthless right now. You just need to stay. And I I mean, it sounds horrible that he said that, but it was so true. And I, because I was just wandering around the kitchen, just aimlessly unable to really help in any way. I'm just, I'm, I'm completely worthless, which is totally different than the migraines I'd had prior to the injury. I've had migraines since my fourth year of medical school, but those migraines were your left-sided photophobia, photophobia, phonophobia. So I couldn't be in the light. I couldn't deal with sounds. I still have that with this one, but that one I could go to work and get an IV, some Zofran and be seeing patients within a half an hour and be fine for the rest of the day. This one, I'm on injectable medication monthly to keep me from having them. I get acupuncture. I also have home acupuncture needles uh, because I'm a doc and know how to do it. Um, like, for what is that? For, for well, because I'm a doc and and I, I've heard I, that, like docs are like, well, you know, we just kind of you know call something in or yeah. Well, I I know the headache point. I don't do full body acupuncture, but I do know some of the and I know the headache point and the guy who taught me acupuncture. Um, I have some needles and so I can I can get rid of the pain. I also have the cephaly that goes on your forehead, the little tens unit that, um, I have an alpha stem to help relax me. I have the headache cooling helmet. I have, I have every modality possible to get rid of a migraine and I can use them and get rid of the pain, but the migraine aura is still there. 
And sometimes it's there for 24 to 48 hours. And I literally can just sleep and then I'll wake up and be fine. And, um, maybe once every three to six months, I'll have a bad migraine and end up in the ER needing ER help breaking it. But other than that, it's, it's really, it's not the pain. That's the problem. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love for you to share any of the products with people that, that could be helpful. Cause I know oh, absolutely. that's one of the lasting symptoms after TBI is the headache. Absolutely. Headaches or um, vestibular issues. And so any, any of those that you well, find really helpful. As far as the vestibular issues and the balance, um, it's funny today I was working on, um, getting my insurance all figured out. And I was talking to a representative on the phone and we started commiserating, uh, because she'd had a head injury and I, I was actually giving her advice to ask her neurologist about uh, a neuro optometrist. Um, a lot of people docs, um, don't necessarily believe what they're doing. It, it, I, at first was like, this is voodoo magic. Um, I, I, this, there's no way this is going to help. Um, but she did the tape on my glasses. Of course, my kids yeah, were, Oh, oh, the kids loved it. They were making fun of me constantly. Um, but it basically changes the prism of your glasses and refocuses that center of balance. And it helped me immensely. So if someone is having a lot of the vestibular issues and balance issues, I, I recommend searching and finding a neuro optometrist because she was amazing. Um, it yeah, really, really I've helped. I've seen people that I find it's been, especially with the vestibular stuff, it's been the missing link. And mm-hmm. especially for me, I'm, I'm in Maine, which is a really small state. So the providers, there's like two. One is out of the state. One is in the state, but doesn't take insurance. And people don't know about this individual. So <laughs> I've never heard of one until I started seeing one. Mm-hmm. It's just not something that is known and well broadcast. Um, so okay, I need to have one on the program. That's I think absolutely. I think, and like I said, I think there's one in Nashville, like I'm in Clarksville, Tennessee. I think there's one in Nashville that's about an hour away. Um, and the one that was here is gone now. She, she moved to another program. Um, so we don't have one here anymore. Uh, but yes, I definitely think it's helpful. Um, and as far as the, um, the different, uh, treatments for, for the migraines, the acupuncture and chiropractic were the two that I think helped me the most when I just needed to get to the point where I wasn't having them every day. I don't need treated as often as I did. As a matter of fact, I don't, I think it's been six months since I've had either chiropractic or acupuncture. Um, I probably need to get back in. I start seeing my migraines increase again. I probably should do it more regularly. And now that I'm retired, maybe I can, but in the army, they're not things that are easy to get to. So um, now that I'm not in the TBI program, you know, acupuncture and chiropractic are, are great, almost preventative type. And what can you speak a little, I mean, I have a concept of, I've had a lot of clients go to acupuncture, but for Cairo, because a lot of chiropractors can practice differently. Did you go to one that had a specialty with TBI, like a, um, 
No. Um, like there's one here in my area that's a, it's a chiropractic functional neurology kind of practice. Oh, and they, cool. yeah. So, and a lot of people have really done well going to this local practice here in Maine. Mm-hmm. I'll give them a shout um, out. So, <laughs> yeah. So I actually went to the one on post. We were lucky, we're lucky enough on our post that we had two chiropractors. Problem is, you're only allowed to go so many times because there are so many soldiers that need them. And then it's kind of like, okay, you're on your own. So unfortunately, chiropractic is not something that TRICARE, which is the insurance that we have, covers. Um, So now as far as I'm a DO, I have lost most of my practice uh, as far as manipulation goes, because uh, one, we don't do it very often in kids unless you've had specialty training and continued to stay up on that. Uh, and two, I didn't go through an osteopathic, uh, residency and being in the military. And it's just, I don't have the chance to use it. And when you don't use it, you lose it. Um, I've always wondered so, that about DOs that some will do manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like my doctor's a DO and he's done some, but mm-hmm. not a ton. So, and I Mm -hmm. guess that's, I guess you're speaking to some of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But then there are people who, one of my good friends who was in medical school with me, she practices it constantly. She's amazing. I, 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 manipulation. And so some people can find a DO who can, you know, be their doctor and manipulate. Um, right. But Did you have anyone do anything on your head? Because I'm learning more about. I didn't because osteopathy and kind of just yeah. Go ahead. I am very much. I have to see things to really believe them. Even as a DO, I had a hard time seeing the craniosacral, and as a pediatrician, being able to do cranial would have been amazing because it really helps babies who have a lot of like colic and GI issues because of the vagus nerve and how Mm. their heads are scrunched in the delivery process. I, the only reason I believe it works is because my friend showed me it worked by um, doing it on me. Whenever she would do cranial on me when I was pregnant, my baby would kick. Wow. Every, every time. And so I was like, all right, fine. I believe that it's a thing, <laughs> but I've never been able to do it myself. Um, and there's only, I think one person in Nashville that practices it around here and I would have to self pay. And I still am afraid to drive to Nashville because ever since my head injury, I am very easily stressed out and I get very anxious and so I can't deal with that. I get, I can't deal with that traffic when my husband's driving in and I have to close my eyes. Yeah. Um, so I'm afraid to drive to Nashville. I did not have any of that done. Yeah. Just curious. Cause yeah. I know your DO. And so. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, you know, I'm just mindful of our time and I wanted to get to a little bit about your book, hot mess to wellness. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about what that project is? Um, so the book actually After the injury, I had, uh, like I said, significant depression. Um, You know, I sat on the couch. I had um, all the apps on my phone. I was constantly having food delivered. I gained 30 pounds. I got more depressed. I, you know, I wasn't moving. I wasn't doing anything I should have been doing. Part of it with the loss of identity. 
just being, you know, upset that here I was this, you know, high functioning, uh, I'm a doctor, you know, I'm the chief, I'm working mother baby unit, I'm working in the clinic, I'm, I, I could do crazy things, you know, um, I mean, to you were a flight surgeon. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. That's intense. So for the listeners, just so they know, okay. flight surgeon does not mean I'm doing surgery in the back of a helicopter, okay. which is what my mother told people <laughs> when I told her I was a flight surgeon. She would kill me for saying that. But I was like, no, 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 mom. A six well, week you. course. The image I have in my mind. So I have no idea. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a six week course cannot teach me how to do that. No, no. A flight surgeon, just like we call them brigade surgeons, battalion surgeons, flight surgeons. Basically, it's it's kind of like the surgeon general. The surgeon general, um, the last one or two ago was a nurse, you know, so it doesn't have to be a surgeon. Um, so the flight surgeon is basically a doc who takes care of everyone in that battalion or brigade, as well as all of the personnel on flight status. And okay. when they're on flight status, they have so many more restrictions and you have to know what those are. Um, yeah. So you have to I've take heard, a certain I know course. a little bit of that from veterans I've worked yeah. with. So, yeah. it's, so it sounds super intense to be on flight status. It, yeah, it, it really keeps soldiers from coming to us when they should. Uh, you spend most of your time out um, on the flight line, like getting to know your soldiers, getting to know your pilots, getting trust built up, letting, letting them know that you're not just there to down them. You know, you're, you're there to make sure like, I will work with you kind of thing. But I, uh, I, yes, I took care of a Apache pilots and crew and the units, um, basically four years of the 15 years in the army. So, um, thank you so much for your service. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved every bit of, bit of it. Um, it was, it was, I coming out of pediatric residency, I went straight operational, which basically means I was not in the hospital. I went straight in as a flight surgeon. Um, after my six week course, I went kicking and screaming. I didn't want to go. It was the worst thing in the world. I was going to have to deploy. It was horrible. And it was the best experience I ever could have had. It taught me so much about the military and the parents of the kids that I take care of, the soldiers, and gave me just a, so much more of a respect for just the overall picture. And I think it also helped me to understand more and, and be a better provider to take care of their kids. You know what I mean? It's, it was, it was a great experience. I've, I, I would not do anything different. Um, if I, uh, other than go ice skating on, you know, December 26, 2018, because right. right. I would, I would love to still be, I miss taking care of my kiddos and my babies, but anyway, again, I, I jump all over the place. That's right. Um, the book, the book, the book. Okay. <laughs> so, um, at one point I stepped on the scale and I weighed as much as I did when I gave birth to my daughter. And I was like, holy cow, I can't, I cannot do this. I, I, I've got to, I've got to do something. So I started trying to write a plan for myself. And then I was like, I feel horrible. I'm not going to be able to do all these things. And so I, I, I was like, I'm going to Google and figure out it, 
find a book or find something that can help me with. And there was nothing, I couldn't find anything out there. So I started making my own plan. And after writing four notebook paper pages out, I was like, I'm going to write a book. And so I Googled, how do you write a book? <laughs> and I came across SPS. This is what I did when I started the, the podcast. I was like, how do you start a podcast? <laughs> yeah, Google is great. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Google. But, <laughs> but I, I came across um, SPS, which is a self-publishing school. And um, actually, I have a bunch of their stuff here. Shameless plug. Um, okay. I just did. Love I it. just. I just did Author Advantage Live, which is um, a, a three-day um, conference. It was on Zoom this year and last year. Um, it uh, It's basically a school that holds your hand and takes you through the whole process. And so I started writing my book, Hot Mess to Wellness. It's, a, it's available on Amazon. And um, the show notes an e- ebook or softback. And I'm thinking about doing an audiobook. Maybe we're dabbling in that. I started writing it in April and published the following November. And that was because of this SPS. They have coaches and, and whatnot. Um, so as I was going through it, I decided, okay, these are the things I need to improve. And that's where I got, when you read the book, my seven pillars of wellness, which are mindfulness, relaxation, sleep, hydration, healthy eating, uh, movement, and support. And the reason I put them in that order is because until you get the right mindset, I mean, you can buy a book today, but that doesn't mean that you're going to do anything with it. So until you get the right paperweight, right, right. Until you get the right mindset and get that mindfulness and slow down and, and think about the, the here and now, um, whether that be having some kind of mindfulness routine in the morning, like yoga or meditation. Um, but also is, um, is just being mindful throughout the day and slowing down and, thinking about what you're doing when you're doing it. And then, you know, the relaxation and um, hobbies, you know, having a hobby. I've had people ask me what my hobbies were after my head injury to help me kind of do something to get my mind off everything. And I said, well, I don't have any hobbies. I work (laughs) and I spend time with my family. (laughs) And so I had to think about it. And now like, Um, I crochet, um, and I actually do some vendor events crocheting, um, um, because I started doing it so much as part of my recovery and helping me, um, with building my brain back, you know, they told me you need to do things that are creative. And I, it was like, uh, okay. And so I had to go find something creative, you know, and then just going through all the other ones. Um, I do talk a lot about hydration and healthy eating and how diets are no go. There's, there's no reason to ever completely restrict carbs, um, completely restrict whatever, 
Um, unless you're a vegetarian and for reasons for you, you want to restrict it. But there are things in all of the foods we eat that we need. So right. our cells need energy. So, I think the whole carb argument. is Carbs are not bad. They're not the enemy. <laughs> they're not. Your brain they loves are, them too. They, they, they're the enemy when I want to eat the whole thing. <laughs> True. Um, True. But, but no, um, there are good carbs and bad carbs. Um, and even bad carbs are okay in moderation. Um, sugar is probably more of an enemy than carbs are. As I sit here drinking a Dr. Pepper and I say in my book not to drink soda or anything with sugar in it. Everything is okay in moderation. This is probably the first soda I've had this week. Everything is is good in moderation. And we all fall off the wagon. We all have a bad day. The problem is we continue to stay off the wagon because we had a bad day and we shame ourselves and, oh, I screwed up. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Right. And I think what I see too with nutrition around TBI is that people you know, they've been giving all this conflicting advice, like, okay, no carbs, or, you know, like, you can't eat this and can't eat that, like, that's going to hurt your brain. And then they're like, freaking out, because they can't even prepare a simple meal, because they can't figure out the recipe, or they so it's too hard. Mm -hmm. And so they think they just give up. And so they, Mm -hmm. they forget that, okay, can we add nutrition? Can we add, you know, the blueberries? You know, can we add some omega-3, some some things that we know are, are really helpful Absolutely. for healing for our brains. So I think to really think about adding versus subtracting. Right. Well, and I talk in the book about omega-3s versus omega-6s and what that current, what that ratio should be. Ooh, and be great to look at. And things that are, things that are higher in one versus the other and the different nuts and because nuts have so much in them that we should eat. But a lot of people see, oh my gosh, they have so much fat in them. And, and that's, and I talk about this in the book as well. The fat argument was wrong. It was completely wrong. We shied away from fat and, oh my gosh, eggs are bad and cholesterol and, and, a lot of the things we did pushed us towards the processed foods and unhealthy carbs, which then made people say, oh, carbs are bad. But instead of kind of just saying, okay, processed foods are bad, certain carbs are bad. We went completely to the other end of the spectrum and we're going to cut them all out and, and, and we need to stay in the middle. Um, you know, eating red meat every single day of your life is probably not the best thing for you adding in some chicken and fish eggs, you know, is probably the better choice. Um, eating, you know, a loaf of bread in a day is also not a good thing. Although my husband could probably do it with his bologna and cheese sandwiches. Yes. He's a doctor. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) he drives me crazy. Um, all or none it's, and, and we, we've have to get out of that mindset where every day is a new day. Make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids. Water is preferable. Or I do a lot of unsweet tea. I live in the South and everybody gets on me because I'm supposed to be drinking sweet tea. Um, But I'm originally from the North. So I do a lot of unsweet tea. But when I make my tea, I end up watering it down a lot because I don't like it strong. 
And if you do a green tea or a decaffeinated tea, we do a lot of decaffeinated tea in the house here so that we can decrease the amount of caffeine since we drink a lot of coffee um, in the morning. <laughs> so it's like coffee in the morning, tea all day. Um, right. Yeah. So, that's, that's, that's the so, optimal recipe. Yeah. Like right. Doses of caffeine. Through the day. <laughs> right. Um, well, so, so I, yeah. I could talk with you all day, but our time is wrapping up. Oh no. Okay. I know. So I'm just wondering if you can tell me your favorite holiday or holiday food and why. Oh gosh. My favorite holiday is probably Christmas. I love decorating for it. Um, and I love the family getting together and I love shopping for Christmas presents. I have more fun shopping for Christmas presents than I do getting them because I just want to get the perfect present. You know, you see something and, oh my gosh, I shop year round. Oh my gosh, that's perfect. Um, I end up coming home from vacation with Christmas presents more than anything. I just, I love Christmas. That's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. Cool. Well, what's one thing that you would tell a TBI survivor? I think it's really easy after you have an injury whether it be a TBI or even just any other traumatic event, PTSD, or even uh, a horrible, you know, injury, uh, back or leg or anything, it's really easy to let that define you, um, wallow in your sorrows. And as my husband puts it, have a pity party, but you have to realize that you can't let that injury define you. You're not who you once were but that doesn't mean that you're less of a person and that you can let that injury define you. It took me a long time to get over the fact that I am not the doctor that I was the person that I was because my identity was very wrapped up in my profession. And I finally am okay with who I am. I'm a pediatrician, a non-practicing pediatrician who hopes in the future to be practicing again, but you can't let that, 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 um, that injury define who you are and, and be stuck on the fact that you're not the person that you were. So I think that's probably my, my biggest advice. Um, and one of the biggest things I've learned. Awesome. I love that. Well, and how can people reach out to you? I'm sure people might want to reach out to you and learn um, more about the book. So my book is on Amazon um, and I currently have a website that is very poorly maintained because I am not a tech person, <laughs> but it's there. And if they wanted to message me, I would I would get an email um, from it. I uh, I also have, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can link that up. So yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today and we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today on the TBI Therapist Podcast. Please visit tbitherapist.com for more information on brain injury, concussion, and mental health. The information shared on today's podcast is intended to provide information, awareness, and discussion on the topic. It is not clinical or medical advice. If you need mental health or medical advice, please seek a professional. 